This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Most of us are volunteers. I'm a volunteer. It looks like this table is a bunch of volunteers. Hi, volunteers. If you want to get involved with a great organization full of awesome people, go see Liz at the table. Hi, Liz. Also a volunteer. Um, It's a labor of love for most of us, including our next guest, Jenna Chapman. She's the co-director of our Chirp Record Fair, which I'm sure many of you have been to and spent too much money at. It is one of our premier benefits. It's April 9th coming up this spring on a Saturday. She also has a radio show on Chirp, Critical Mass. It's Sunday at 6 to 9 a.m. She's a warrior and a hero. (laughs) With pleasure, I introduce Jenna. Hello. This will also not be a period story. I kind of wish it was. I was nine, ten at the most, and at this point, serving the function of puberty encyclopedia to my peer group and friends, my mother had taken it upon herself to ensure that I understood with perfect high-definition clarity what my body was about to go through, as well as what to look out for down the road. When I hit that age when I started asking too many questions, she invited me to help her put together a visual heavy PowerPoint on common STDs for her community college health class. I'm so terrible with computers, you could put this together so much more quickly. Okay, where are the pictures you wanna use? I think in that zip thing I downloaded from the CDC, it says STI diagnosis stills, or something like that. Uh, Well, Ma, you just unzip the folder, take the pictures you want to use, and... Ew! What the hell is that? Oh, honey, that's gonorrhea. Use protection. To this day, I have never seen so much genitalia in my life. If I had written a note sheet for that particular PowerPoint, it would have just said, warty dick, warty dick, warty vagina, warty mouth, warty dick, and so on. As far as getting your kid to practice safe sex goes, it was pretty effective. If you think this is a bit much for a nine-year-old, My mom's a doctor, family physician. She's damn good at her job, and these days we're really good friends. But she's got this tendency. I mean, tweens, teens, they're difficult. And my mom tends to uh, go into blunt, detached mode when she things get weird for her. (laughs) Once later on, when I was a full-on teenager, I had this huge, like, gargantuan crush. You know that first big one everyone gets at that age when every interaction is life or death. I came home from school one day after a particularly devastating round of hi. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. Cool. Yeah. Okay, see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. 
I was, of course, distraught for obvious reasons. I curled up on the couch, turned on a TiVo episode of Inuyasha, and prepared to sniffle my way through half an hour of anime characters shouting their names at each other from across breezy meadows. Super romantic. Halfway through this routine, Ma gets home from work. I'm there on the couch, probably looking like an actual wet blanket, thinking, oh shit, she's going to ask me what's wrong. This is so awkward. But maybe, I don't know, we could have one of those heart-to-heart moments or something, like on Gilmore Girls? (laughs) That might be cool. (laughs) She comes in and sees me on the couch and immediately gets this deer-in-the-headlights kind of look on her face. She says, honey, what, what's wrong? I'm like, oh man, this is it. I give her all the details of my afternoon of complete and utter de- devastation. The saga is brief. She walks over, sits next to me, pets my hair with this totally benign smile on her face. I reach up to give her a hug as I hear, oh honey, you need to get laid. In all fairness, she was right, and was probably just looking to shock me out of my total patheticness. Kind of worked. So back to puberty. Ma had found a hole in her busy doctor schedule and had actually volunteered to accompany me on my Girl Scout overnight cabin camping trip. We're in the car on the way to one of the boonier corners of Illinois, rocking out to some 80s pop tunes, you know, Rock Me Amadeus, that's like our song. Uh, We're getting really psyched up about crafts and ghost stories and s'mores when her pager goes off. It's her answering service. I call the number that pops up on the pager's little screen on one of those big old 90s cell phones in her bag and pass it to her. 30 seconds later, we've pulled a Yui on a two-lane road in the middle of nowhere and are chugging it along back home. Sorry, hun. One of my ladies went into labor. I've got to go in. Aw, does that mean we can't go on the trip? Well, we'll have to see. But this is her third kid, so there's a pretty good chance it'll walk right on out. I think we'll just be a little bit late, kiddo. What do I do then? Dad, I'll have to pick you up from the hospital. Oh, but if it goes really quickly, then why don't I just stay at the hospital and we can leave right after, please? So we go to the hospital. After a solid two hours spent flipping between MASH and Dexter's lab on the staticky box in the doctor's lounge, Mom walks in and asks if I want to see the baby. That sounded like fun. Is it a boy or a girl? Well, honey, she's just about done pushing, so we'll find out soon. Felt like I'd just been invited to have a slice of birthday cake from an oven that was still preheating. But I trotted along behind her through the fluorescent lit linoleum hallway all the same. Mom and I approached one of those heavy, you know, tiny window doors they have in hospitals where I was asked to wait outside while she double-checked with her patient that it was all right for me to come in. I honestly cannot imagine being whacked out enough to invite the offspring of my doctor to witness the wreckage of my pelvic area. But some people are just givers, I guess. Mom came out 
a minute or two later, holding the door open for me and beaming like she just bought me a bike for Christmas and couldn't wait for me to find it. I edged in along the wall and looked for the supposed baby. Almost immediately, the sound of screaming felt like it was coming at me from every possible angle. I was in a surround sound cage of death noises. After clamping my hands over my ears, I realized it was mostly coming from this thing that was so gooey and dirty and wrinkly and screamy that I assumed it was one of those mandrakes from Harry Potter. Uh, But since Harry Potter wasn't real, or at least in the muggle world, that meant it must be the baby. I had never seen a baby that looked so inhuman. I thought there must be something wrong with it. And later I told my mom that, but she said that's how they look after they're born. That's when I realized that humans must be at least somewhat hardwired to love their kids because there's no way that feeling comes natural when your baby looks like a loud, sad tomato. (laughs) From the corner of my eye, I slowly noticed where the baby had come from. There was mom's patient with her legs up and a giant gaping hole where her vagina should be. It looked like a war wound and looked nothing at all like those slides I had put together for my mom. Underneath her butt was this big plastic clear cube that held more blood and guts and other stuff that I thought that human body could even possibly contain. I didn't understand how it got there, or why there was so much of it, or where it had come from, but I did know it was pretty much the grossest thing I had ever seen in my life. I was kind of hypnotized, though, by the the horror of the whole scene. I, I couldn't look away. As I stared, slowly, something that looked like a, a giant raw steak kind of half slid, half bubbled out of the hole and plopped into the box, making a noise like when you, you put your fist in jello. <laughs> I just like I can't do it justice. <laughs> I wasn't sure what I had just seen. But it definitely looked like her stomach had fallen out through her crotch. This was my cue to make a run for it. (laughs) Mom found me back in the doctor's lounge where I proceeded to yell and cry and make a scene. How could she let me see that? It was the grossest thing ever. I hate babies. Never, ever, 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 ever having children, etc. Kids. In hindsight, though, I'm appreciative and if not, you know, full on happy about it. Maybe I didn't ever get one of those heart-to-heart, perfect mother-daughter Gilmore Girl moments. But hey, at least I know firsthand that vaginas aren't for pussies. Take out the garbage man.
been listening to a chirp radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series the first time our storyteller was jenna chapman and the first time four performed birth in reverse by saint vincent the first time four is steve frisbee liam davis gerald dowd and scott stevenson to hear more first time pieces check out the series website firsttime.chirpradio.org and you can find other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org podcasts thanks for listening